We're starting January 2020. Yes. And Josephine already wants to break all the rules. <laughs> Welcome to Art Time of I'm the Month. I'm changing the game. You are changing the game. <laughs> this is Art Time of the Month, and the month is January. January. Not... February. Not not for you'll understand when we get to February. Because Joe Facine wants to talk <laughs> about <laughs> really wants to talk about the Super Bowl right now. I do right now immediately. Right. But I that have... is February's business. I yes. And that will come to you later. Don't worry, it's a short month, so you were gonna get your, your February sooner I, rather than later. I am not going to I am not going to say any more about it. <laughs> we can't we can't. Because there's so much to say about it. It's really gonna dominate our February conversation. So it that will. being said, welcome to our time of the month. Hello. Hello. How are you? Um, I'm gorgeous as always. How are oh, you? Okay. How are you? I am fun and funky. Yes, you is. Ooh, gorgeous um, as always. It's January. I'm feeling myself. Yes. Hello. Um, so we say, as sometimes we do, sometimes we say, oh, it's a light month. We it's don't have light, much to talk about. It's a light flow. And then we proceed to talk for four hours. <laughs> so. We're still talking about <laughs> Green Book. We're so. still mad about Green Book. And we encourage you to also stay mad, fam. Stay mad about Green Book. Y'all, never forget. Never. Green Book happened. Never. We live in a world where Green Book happened. <laughs> Stay mad. All right. So anyway, we're still talking about the Oscars from last year. Okay. Um, we have a lot to cover for January of this year. This year. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. So there are a few shows that have come out this month with new seasons. Schitt's Creek, Shrill, Mrs. Fletcher, Grace and Frankie. Had a Grace new... and Frankie had a new season, yes. I ask you this with a question mark because <laughs> I do not watch that show. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk discuss. about it. Okay. Um, we need to talk about the royal exit. Yes. Megxit. Megxit 2020. I mean, it's so fitting because this podcast started, really. I mean, in our first season, we discussed in <laughs> Detail. <laughs> Excruciating, was that delicious our first season or detail. It was our first season. First season. We talked the about family photo. the <laughs> Harry and Meghan wedding and the, the event that that was. Uh-huh. So, y'all, I mean, we're just clutching our pearls over this. We're, we're going to talk ready. about all of it. We're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees this year. Um, we're going to talk about some Lizzo controversy, controversy <laughs> with Jillian Michaels. <laughs> oh, <laughs> crazy. The biggest loser was awful and atrocious. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Grammys, of course. And yes. we're also going to talk about the passing of Kobe Bryant and yes, his we daughter. Um, so, whew. Maybe, Where do we start? Maybe that is four hours worth of content. We maybe. maybe. We'll see. We'll see in a minute. We'll see. Okay. So right away, I'm going to start by telling you Shit's Creek final season mm-hmm. started this month. I am holding out <gasps> to watch the entire season in one nugget. Woo. So I haven't watched any of the, the final season yet. That is I a kind bold of, move. Just because I binged like seasons one through four. 
already. And so I don't know. I just kind of want to like wait until it's like all conveniently there for me on Netflix. And that's that. Um, I also watched Mrs. Fletcher (laughs) on HBO. Now, just very briefly, I felt that my expectations for this show were unrealistic because I was expecting to watch the show and see some like soft porn. Yeah. It was not that. A little Red Shoe Diaries with David Duchovny. Yeah. yeah. I was like, ooh, cool. We'll get some mommy porn in here. Like, sure, why not? Cool. <laughs> it was not that at all. It was, like, real dark and, like, sad. A lot uh-huh. of it felt very sad. So, I don't know. I was kind of, like, underwhelmed. I was like, oh. man, I was expecting some hot sex in that show. And, like, some of it alludes to some hot sex in there, but... It was just, like, a very different experience than HBO advertised. Oh. Which is, like, clever advertising. Yeah. Because they got my ass to watch it. <laughs> but did, you, you, did you finish it? Or did I finished you? it. Oh, wow. Okay. Because, again, Hoping. it's, like, a short season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a short season. And I was like, when does the sex happen? <laughs> and I Nothing. kept watching the next episode and the next and the next. And there it is. Anyway. Nothing. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it. There was some. Okay. But it's sad it's like a sad show not a hot show uh, a sad show <laughs> <laughs> nothing kills when, lady wood when more sex is sad <laughs> i'm not gonna enjoy it so i mean there's that <laughs> it's not a hot show it's not a hot it's show, a sad show it's a sad show it's a sad show <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Shrill. Yes. Shrill, 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 season two. I happened. will say this about Shrill. Go. Um, so one of the gay comedians that I follow has like a really very, apparently a very funny bit part in it. He plays a gay assistant of somebody at a conference. Yes. So that's all I know. Yes. Okay. But I, and Wendy like just about reached over and shook me. No, I uh, slapped the brown <laughs> off of you. I'll yes. cut you to the white. I am meat. now yes. Tilda Swinton. Yes, you my is. Pigment. Um, yeah, I, it, there have, I, I don't know. Jophacine. Yes. Have you had a busy month? I've had a busy month. Have you not watched things? I have I have not watched things and then the Yet things you have time for Grace and Frankie because you're <laughs> because you're menopausal. <laughs> Hey. Is that it? Grace, I'm judging. You are judging. Am, we'll I'm get to this. I'm being a dick. We'll I'm get dick. to this. I'm a dick. I'm a dick. I'm a dick. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... So without too many spoilers, just how was it? Wait, why is it a spoiler? You have not watched it? Oh! oh! So, <laughs> Josephine has not watched Shrill Season 2. Wow. As you may recall... We're less than 10 minutes in already. I am, Fire! I am tart tonight. <laughs> I'm a little spicy. Um, just because I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> I'm so tired, I'm like loopy. Okay. So as you may recall, dear sevens of listeners, yes. when Shrill Season 1 came out, Josephine bullied me into watching it, <laughs> and it was my homework. So I wound up watching it, like, that night or something, and then came back the next episode and was able to report out to the, to the class with my findings. Okay. So now <laughs> I have watched Season 2. I'm about to share out my findings with the class and Josephine... Is woefully behind on his homework. The circle alive. You are failing my class. 
I mean, you just are. I hope you're happy. You're going to have poor remarks. I am failing Miss Wendy's class. Yes, you are. Okay, so Shrill Season 2. Listen, guys. A.D. Bryant is a goddamn delight. End of day, period, point blank, we're done. Go to bed. I mean, we should all be best friends with A.D. Bryant. Agree. That's all you need to know. Really? She was on uh, Fallon, and she was talking and promoting season two, and she was just saying, like, he asked her, he said, what about, you know, I read somewhere that this is what you had wanted to see when when you were younger. And she said, yeah, like, I've just never had any examples of fat people just, like, living in their bodies and owning their shape and, and taking up space and, like, having sex and feeling confident. And and I thought a lot about that because I'm like, they're She's right. She's very right. We've seen examples of people in big bodies growing up, but they were always, i.e. the joke. They were never sexual. They were never confident. And they were always the problem. And if they were in, if they were the object of some sort of desire, it was always like. Fetishized. Fetishized or met with shame. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much of, of season two is about her just really living in joy like in a relationship and in her life. And like a lot of this season is about Fran and I live for Fran. (laughs) Okay. Fran, her roommate who is this like wonderfully blunt British uh, woman who's blackety black, black. And she's just amazing. Okay. And she, in season one, she like turned to, white boy and was like, I don't apologize to white people. <laughs> like, Does the brother come back? Yes. Ah! We see hot brother. Okay, we hot see brother. the hot brother. Vanessa Bayer makes uh, yes. a cameo. Mm-hmm. Also really loving this season. Um, is it Ruth? The weird, weird assistant who works for um, her boss in the the publishing company. In the right? magazine? Not it works for that. John Cameron Mitchell? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The assistant. Okay. John Cameron Mitchell's assistant. Okay. Um, and, like, she's awesome this season. Has a lot of really great moments. With the black hair. I yes. think that's, um, oh. <sighs> I want to say her name is, like, Ruth or Ruthie or something in the series. I, I will I will, I will, find out her name. Look it up. Vamp it up. she had some fucking amazing moments in the season, too. Um, it was just... Like, that show is such a joy. It really is. And there's also a lot of sadness there. And there's a lot of, like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just. But it's very real. Brian is, like, the best. Yeah, it's real. And it's current. And it's present day. And Patty Harrison plays Ruthie. Ruthie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, Patty Harrison, she's a great, she's a great comedian. Great comedian, but also, like. There are some, she's got some scenes in this season that are, like. Really alien and weird and awesome. <laughs> All right. the best. Just awesome. Anyway, Shrill, season two. I'll probably watch it again because it's just okay. real good. Okay. Just really real, real good. I have, uh, I thought of one more thing we could add. Please tell me. No- Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Oh, have you seen it? I have. Oh, let's talk about it. Um, I was just thinking about it. Let's I'm talk like, about that and your menopausal friends. Yes. Yeah, so Aquafina. I'll put Aquafina first. So Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Uh-huh. Is uh, the new is a new series starring Aquafina, Nor- aka Nora Lum, in uh, on Comedy Central. Uh huh. And it is it is really crass <laughs> and raunchy, Solid. but 
also and very Bo beautiful. And Bowen Yang is in it too, and right? Bowen, Anning, Bowen Yang is in it. He plays uh, here her cousin, um, her cousin Edmund, nice. who is in tech and is very <laughs> successful, uh-huh. more successful than her. Uh, B.D. Wong is in it, and he plays her dad, Wally. Really? Yeah, and he oh. plays it. He has this like I don't know what kind of accent he's doing, <laughs> but it's kind of like it reminds me of like an old old New York, old Queens kind of like mm. Bronx tale almost accent, but he has that affectation. And then I think her name is Lori Tam, who was uh, the person in charge of the commissary in Orange is the New Black, the Asian lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she plays grandma. Wow. And, okay. And what's great about it is that it, I, it, I think it, well, first of all, it taps into that like idea of like the millennial loser yeah. who you know, still lives at home. I identify with that very much. Yeah. <laughs> still lives at home, but like is trying to make it and everyone has a side hustle. And the other thing that's really cool is that her Asianness uh-huh. is never like it's never a plot point. Ah. It's never a it's never a um like it's not just like we are Asian, that that yeah. kind of thing. It's just but it is a very Asian show. Yeah. It's a super Asian show. Like, sh- like they, <laughs> they take a, they take a Chinatown bus to Atlantic City, oh, where <laughs> in the second episode, oh. and it's like her grandma's, her grandma's Chinese, and it's her Chinese uh, old lady friends uh-huh. fighting with a group of Korean women for one outlet at a casino food court. <laughs> like, it's it's very good. Yeah, Plus, yeah, yeah. she's really good in it, uh-huh. and I feel like. She represents a lot of people that I know here, like, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I recommend it. I, I, I like it a lot because um, I like it a lot because it's it, it feel like it's going to um, try to fill the hole that Broad City left in a lot of people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And um, I do say that, like, it's OK if you're annoyed by it, if after the first episode. Because I can see how, like, some... Because sometimes she can be really grating. But, like, it's all in service of, like, her character. This character of Nora. Uh-huh. So, but, yeah. Cause That's I, awesome. Because I can see people, like, being like, oh, it was so annoying. And I'm like, yeah, but... That's who Nora is. Mm-hmm. That's who Nora the character is. That's exciting. Um, I know that New York made a big deal about um, Aquafina being the voice on the seven train from Queens. So, like, the, the metro system in New York, the MTA, like... Like she took over. Oh, nice! The voice on the seven train. So she was giving out metro cards the day it dropped. Yeah. She was like, "Come to this place and get I mean, your she's free a New met- York actor." Yeah, and so she's you know she's definitely like repping her hometown hard, which is exciting. So the fact that she was like the voice of the train is like it's pretty huge. <laughs> That's a big deal. That's pretty cool. Nice. I <laughs> I love that. So would you recommend? I do recommend. Okay. Um, this is a complete side note, yeah. but I was listening to the Ask Me Another podcast and they were doing a quiz, uh, two California contestants and uh-huh. the answer was the seven train uh-huh. and they were like, we have no idea what this is. <laughs> so <laughs> the seven train, the seven train is purple, right? Yes. Is it a, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. that's the whole thing. Cause the seven train is purple. It is. Um, but yes, do, yeah. do highly recommend. Okay. Um, and, uh, report back. We'll, we'll, we'll touch base again. Will we? I will. I will give you shrill, and then uh, you were gonna do shrill anyway. I was gonna do shrill anyway, but you should definitely do Nora from Queens. Okay. It like Nora from Queens. The other two, like Comedy Central, is really kind of hitting it out of the park for me lately. Yeah. 
in a way that they never used to about 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. now it's just like there's a lot of really good fire coming out of there. So Awesome. Very cool. Um, do we want to talk Grace and Frankie? Oh, yes. Menopause, <laughs> the series. <laughs> Menopause, the musical um, by Josephine. Yes. Yeah, so um, Grace and Frankie, I just love <laughs> because it's, again, one of those shows mm-hmm. that's brutally like it's so honest and i just wonder what goes on in that writer room writer's room with some of the scenarios they find themselves in um and i'm gonna be completely honest the only reason that i'm watching grace and frankie lately is none of the storylines involving grace or frankie it's all involving um martin sheen and sam waterston as their gay ex-husbands who are living together, all of their stuff I'm living for, and then all of the children. It's all of their storylines. It's mm. everything outside of Grace and Frankie. And are Grace and Frankie gay? No, Grace no. and Frankie are just best friends because... Their husbands are gay. Their husbands were gay and, and like, basically had been cheating on them for 20 years. Oh. And then, then in the first episode, this all comes out. So cheating on them for 20 years, they divorce them and then live together and then um, decide to get married. And then from there, Grace and Frankie become like best friends. But like the thing that I'm getting tired of is the fact that they are, (laughs) it's like Grace is like, I have to be with Frankie. Like they, we get it. Like the fact that they're like a crutch for each other Uh is be, is interrupting their lives. And so it's negotiating like, when are you going to cut the, when are you going to cut the cord, basically? When do you cut that friendship cord? When you cut that friendship cord. Or do you just don't see them as, like, religiously as, as you did before? Uh-huh. But, again, I, I, like, I was like, why do I like this show? Why do I watch this show still? <laughs> I'm like, I watch it because of the fucking the cool things that... Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff that come up with Robert and Saul, who are the gay husbands, because they're talking about not only what it's like to come out late in life, uh-huh. but like what that means to be an older gay. So those uh-huh. two things they, they are, are constantly dealing with. And I, and I think I just, they just, I get lost in the two of them too. Like I don't see Martin Sheen. I don't see Sam mm. Waterston circa, you know, law and you order. Don't see President Bartlett. I don't see president president Bartlett. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. All right. Good to know. I still have no interest. I it, won't watch it. Is, it. That, is, that is fine. That is perfectly fine. Good. I see you. I honor you. I, I see you. you. Got yes. it. Okay. <laughs> Outstretched hand. Holding hands across the room. Yes. There we are. All right. So we're going to talk now about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we ready? Let's do it. Um, first of all, I want to find out when the actual ceremony is. The ceremony is in May. Yeah. So, so it's a while away, but when they announce who's going to be inducted, this is a pretty big deal. Last year it was Janet Jackson, Radiohead, Stevie Nicks, The Cure, Def Leppard, The Zombies, and Roxy Music were inducted. So this year they announced who was inducted. And Sevens, mm-hmm. we have Whitney Houston. Yeah. I mean, this is huge because, A, I'm still deeply in mourning for Whitney Houston. I feel things deeply when I hear her voice. It is difficult. Um, so I'm really excited that, like, she's given her posthumous due. Um, okay, so the people who are being inducted are Whitney Houston, Biggie Smalls, yep. the Notorious B.I.G., another one that I'm like, oh, yes, absolutely. The Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Huge, right? Yeah. Nine Inch Nails, Depeche Mode, and T-Rex. 
So like when you think about like how giant these careers are and how big these like these music histories are, like you kind of forget that these people haven't been honored so far. Um, so it's exciting to see when they finally do. So most of these inductees, including Houston and Biggie, were first-time nominees into the Hall of Fame, which is wow. exciting. Um, unfortunately, 10 nominated artists didn't make the cut this year. I'm reading this from Entertainment Weekly. Um, the 10 nominated artists that didn't make the cut were first-time contenders, the Dave Matthews Band. Oh, wow. Which I find shocking because they've That's been touring on the road for like 20 years. Yeah. 20-plus years. Yeah. Um, Pat Benatar, oh wow, Motorhead, Thin Lizzy, and Soundgarden. They have another shot next year. Same with returning nominees Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, Judas Priest. Like Shaka Khan isn't in there with Ju with Rufus. That's yeah. crazy. Um, Judas Priest, Kraftwerk nominated six times prior. I don't know who Kraftwerk is. Do you? No, it sounds familiar, but that might just be because I'm tapping into like the. The, the gay mesh yeah. network. <laughs> Todd Rundgren and MC5, who was nominated five times previously. So Benatar and Dave Matthews were the public's top two acts in the Rock Hall of Fan vote uh, that, ended in, um, that ended on January 10th. So it looks like, I don't know, maybe Dave Matthews and Pat Benatar might be at the top of next year's contender list. Oh, I hope so. Um, I hope so. But that's an exciting thing to kind of see. They're also both, like, May. still with us and, like, performing out there. still creating. Yeah. Dave Matthews wrote a book. He wrote a young adult novel that's coming out later this month. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Okay. So Will you read it? I have already pre-ordered a copy. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm excited to to hear you know what he's created. He's he's got an awesome creative brain, and I'm excited to see what he puts forth. And also, I think his he wrote from like an environmentalist point of view. So, oh, that would be good. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. And okay. I love I love reading like YA literature too. I was gonna say YA is your thing. Not all the time. I like in. In my in my later years, <laughs> I've become a voracious reader, so I've really been absorbing like a lot of content lately, and um, and I've really like in being aware of how much I've been reading. I've kind of been um, seeing how many authors of color I've been reading. I've been reading like political essays, self help works, YA works, um, novels, memoirs. You know, so like you kind of see like the balance and the breakdown of all of it. And, like, you can't just have, like, a month where you just read, like, YA novels or you just read memoirs because you get, like, real sick of it real fast. Yeah. So. I don't know. I like to balance things. I like to bounce back and forth. So I'll probably read his delightful novel. Lovely. And then mix it up with some self-help shit. There we go. <laughs> just then, put it all in there. And then some Black Power stuff. You know, all of it because it's Black History Month. Yes. So there we are. Currently, we're in February. Yeah. We're recording for January. Yes, just in case you didn't know. Just to clarify. <laughs> that not ev nothing has changed. <laughs> nothing has changed. We won't talk about things that happened yesterday. We are not talking <laughs> about Black History Month right now because we are only talking about January. All right, just like we are not talking about Super Bowl <laughs> until we talk about February. Oh, my God, it's going to be so good. Okay. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about our girl Lizzo and the controversy that ensued. Yeah, so, uh, you know, scrolling through uh, the book and the Twitter um, one day, come across uh, a, a very, you know, not-so-shocking headline because of who it's about. Uh, so Jillian Michaels uh, 
you know, had a, had a few choice things to say about our girl Lizzo unprompted, uh, by the way, just like decided to basically pretty, pretty, very, I was like, wow, like way to, you know, trash bags. Yeah. Way to call it out. So she was on, um, was it on a radio show or was it? Hold, I'm going to find. Okay. So she was being interviewed and basically said that, you know, there, we shouldn't be celebrating, Basically, you know, just to really distill it down, and Wendy will pull up the quote, is like, we shouldn't be celebrating um, big bodies, specifically like Lizzo and lifting her up because of how um, how she's uh, basically celebrating her own large body. And, uh, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, diabetes is not great. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, you know, and... Very quick, very soon thereafter, you know, she was getting dragged by everybody. I thought Lizzo's response was very classy, uh, you know, basically uh, taking to Instagram and uh, and releasing like very thoughtful, uh, thoughtful posts about, you know, how she has had to survive and how she at one point thought that she was wrong and not enough. And, you know, that it was her fault and that it's not and, you know, reassuring the fans out there, too. So. Um, whoever, I just, I do enjoy that she is very, um, she is very savvy when it comes to the social media clapback and, uh, just social, her social in general. Uh, do you have it? I do. Okay. I do. All right. So, um, basically she was being interviewed by Buzzfeed AM to DM reporter. Um, and she basically said, quote, why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? dot 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 why aren't we celebrating her music michael said in the viral clip and then she went on to say it isn't going to be awesome if she gets diabetes yeah um and then later she retracted part of it but she basically said that she feels that like political correctness glamorizes obesity um and just mess Girl yeah. mess. Very, uh, very much mess. Very fat phobic. And the the thing about like comments from Michaels, it just kind of further reinforce how, you know, we're we're living in a very fat phobic society, and there are people who will just not who are. It'll be very loath for her to understand why she's even, um, why she uh, is even wrong about her statements and mm-hmm. what, and the problematic nature of her statements because yeah. she truly believes that she's coming from like a health standpoint. Yeah. Well, Jamila Jamil, who's amazing. Yes. Shout out. Res- she responded <laughs> to Jillian Michaels and she just said, just saying my whole damn thin family has diabetes and high cholesterol and problems with our joints. Why is this woman acting like she's an MRI? Stop concern trolling fat people and get in the bin. Yeah. So Jamila Jamil is amazing. Yeah. Um, she, Jillian Michaels, did retract the statement, uh-huh. kind of. She didn't <laughs> retract the statement. She kind of apologized, saying, I'm a big fan of Lizzo. I love her music. My kid loves her music, blah, blah, blah. But didn't really. She didn't walk any of she what she really said back. back. She just apologized because it was, and, and unintentionally was directed at her. Or, mm-hmm. like, for better or worse, it be, her, Lizzo became the object of. Uh, of her comments yeah when which is like kind of shitty because that means that her comments were just like very general and, and about completely anybody completely like unprovoked so it yeah. was a real shitty thing um 
So she, she then posted on Twitter, Jillian Michaels said, as I've stated repeatedly, we are all beautiful, worthy, and equally deserving. I also feel strongly that we love ourselves enough to acknowledge that there are serious health consequences that come with obesity, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, to name a few. I would never wish these for anyone, and I would hope that we prioritize our health because we love ourselves and our bodies. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I I do appreciate comments by Jamila Jamil and mm. and also if for the for you know sevens out there you need to also be following Matt McGorry of Orange is the New Black and How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. He posts a lot of really great as someone who was like very heavily in the quote unquote fitness and wellness industry. Mm-hmm. He posts a lot of his own unpacking of his culpability in mm-hmm. in perpetuating diet culture yeah. and so i recommend those two accounts if you're not following for uh, straight allies of uh fat people mm-hmm. as well as uh sona lee aka the fat sex therapist and your fat friend on instagram so mm-hmm. go uh, for that go there go if you plugs. want yes. to be a, if you want to yeah. learn a thing or two so also jillian michaels is just like angry at the world and you need to stop so basically also jillian michaels is like you know she she put out the biggest loser she was part of the first wave of the biggest loser which is just now coming back this month or i think it came back at the end of this month um on usa which i have no longer i don't have cable anymore so i haven't watched i won't watch because the last few seasons of um Well, The Biggest Loser itself was, like, a real problematic thing, and it was, like, really fetishizing, really, like, grossly um, exaggerating kind of people's weight loss journeys and putting them through incredibly unhealthy um, kinds of, like, extreme dieting, extreme exercise, extreme weight loss challenges to the point that it damaged a lot of their bodies permanently and damaged their metabolisms permanently. Yeah. and it just ugh, super gross. In one of its final seasons, the final contestant, like in the final big reveal, came out onto the stage so visibly anorexic and so really shockingly thin that like her and Bob, the two trainers, were like horrified, visibly horrified um, on live television. And everyone was like, what the hell? Like this girl was wearing spandex that were like baggy on her. Like it was real shocking. Roxanne Gay wrote uh, a lot about it in her novel hunger. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. which was, is a fucking great read. Um, and I, I'm pretty obsessed with Roxanne Gay's writing these days. And so she's, um, yeah, Jillian Michaels is problematic for a whole host of reasons. Least of all, does she need to open her mouth about Lizzo who is like, systematically shifting the world back into a positive place. So, so fuck you, Jelly and Michael. <laughs> fuck you. That's going to be a top 40 hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a couple of things happened. Um, moving away from Jelly and Michaels, we want to talk real, um, I don't know, briefly, I don't know, um, about Kobe, Mike, uh, Kobe Bryant's death. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna died really tragically in a helicopter crash the day of the Grammys. The, the day, Sunday, yeah. The mm-hmm. Sunday morning of the Grammys, and then yeah. that night was the Grammys in the Staples Center yeah. in the house that Kobe built. Yeah. Um. So you know, everyone was reeling, like from every facet of pop culture. Everyone was reeling. We want to talk about it here because Kobe Bryant 
was such a staple of pop culture and also an Academy Award winner. Yeah. He created a really beautiful piece of poetry that became an animated short film that he won the Academy Award for, Mm -hmm. Dear Basketball. Did you see Dear Basketball? It was not my pick. It wasn't. But no. Did you see it? I did see it. You did. I did. I watched all the. Sh- I watched all the I animated watched shorts. I watched all of them that year too. Yeah. Um. I did see your basketball. It was beautiful. It was not my pick. Uh huh. I think you know what? I think that it wasn't mine either. That year. It. Uh, it was. I came out really hard. I. I. That's the thing is that like if you go back and listen to the Oscars episode uh-huh. from that year, I think I came out pretty hard against it. What? <laughs> Just because of the name recognition and who, huh? It, well, it was just, you know, I mean, again, <laughs> again, I, I stand by my comments still uh-huh. based on the other things that were there. But, like, you know, it was, like, a line drawing animation. Like, it was yes. pencils and which color. Which was and, beautiful. Uh, which was, you know, given the context of what he was trying to tell from, yeah. like, that sto- from a kid's perspective and yeah. something to be attainable for children, then yes. Yeah. But, like, you know, for that to win the Academy Award uh-huh. over, you know, yeah, it's so... Again, yeah. but that's not to say that it didn't like impact a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that was just a big, that was a big pop culture moment from a big cultural moment for the Academy and for film. Yeah. Uh, him being um, retired, uh, very freshly retired from, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from, from the NBA. From the NBA. Um, I think it goes without saying that, uh, you know, again, Kobe Bryant is one of the more controversial figures yeah. in uh, culture. And I, what I appreciate from people is I, appre- I, again, like I am, I'm not all about like, let's just automatically talk about every, I fe- you know, what's interesting though yeah. about that. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut no, you no, off. No, no, no. Go but for it. I feel like for what, what we know of that, that controversy, controversy, I don't feel like he was a controversial figure. I feel like he somehow transcended his scandal, which is not good, which is what makes this death tragic and triggering and problematic for people who are survivors. Like, it, it's it's controversial because what he was accused of and and what there is proof of, you know, like, is is that he was a sexual predator or that, you know, like he raped a woman and, and we believe survivors. And, and so that's, you know, a lot of people are struggling with how to, how to feel sadness about him as this like cultural icon who gave so much to his community, who gave back and who did so much for the sport and the game and his daughters and his wife, like, and who also holds this space in in a, a sexual crime, you know, Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, like a lot of people are struggling with like being able to feel both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, I think with this particular, this particular death, it's the extremes that are, that, that really concern me. It's the, you know, the deification of him. Yeah. And as like solely on his uh, merit as a basketball player and what yeah. he did for Los Angeles. But then it's also the people that are on the polar opposite end where mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, it, it completely focusing on what happened and the, yeah. and, and the assault and what happened. Yeah. And, Karen, Karen Tongson, who is a professor of um, liter- uh, English at uh, USC, posted on her Facebook that um, 
she's a big sports fan as well, posted a lot of very complicated, you know, mentioning it, but did mention that he was penalized for uh, saying, using a gay slur Mm. on the court, but then, like, from that, like, worked with GLAAD and worked with other organizations. Yeah, and was really, like, grounded in humility. Yeah, and and I feel like, and also, you know, not for nothing, but, like, him and Vanessa did stay together and worked through it and ended up having more children. So it's, it's one of those things where I, you know, again, considering how we met and how we know each other Mm -hmm. uh, from this movement around uh, gender-based violence, I do believe survivors. We do believe uh, people. We encourage people to tell their stories. Um, I also would like to live in a world where uh, we do recognize the work that people have done to, uh, to be better, to redeem, to redeem themselves and to repair. And what I, I don't appreciate about moments like this is that, victims of of these kinds of assaults are like re-traumatized by the deification of yeah. him mm-hmm. they're re-traumatized by the people who are on the other extreme of that like who are constantly reliving that incident of hers and you know it's it's a very tricky fine line that said like i don't think that you know a tragedy a tragedy tragedy completely like erases and nullifies someone's criminal behavior. No, absolutely not. Um, I don't think that like reporters should be suspended for bringing up said assault either. You know, I think that there needs to be space for both and there has to be that balance. And, you know, that said, like, yes, I know all of the sides of it and I felt deep, deep sadness around that the morning that he passed and like I don't give a shit about sports and yeah. I I was crushed that morning you know as a human and a father and a philanthropist like to die beside your daughter yeah like that. beside your daughter beside you know other, other families, families other philanthropists like on your other way athletes on your way to go do mm-hmm. something on your way to go basically do something that you created for yeah. with your daughter for your daughter i mean there is tragedy and that's you know and it was the it was the next day after uh LeBron James uh, broke his all-time uh, career scoring record. Ooh. So he, so Kobe was already kind of in the news that weekend because not maybe Friday or Saturday he was at the game where LeBron was, uh, where LeBron was about to break the record, mm-hmm. and so he was there and did like a kind of you know you know good you know good on you like keep it moving forward type thing, yeah. and then this happens and yeah. it's just very, it's very sad. But again, like. All of the things that, you know, all of the things that people are feeling are valid and true. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're feeling, it's okay to have these complicated feelings about everything. It's okay to be both things. It's okay to be more than two things. It's okay to be more than three things. It's, yeah. Listener, you contain multitudes. It is complex, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a cultural moment this month. Yeah. And it was definitely something that shifted our conversations in big, big, big ways, which is obviously why we're talking about it here. Um, It also really shifted, 
the Grammys that night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the Grammys happened that evening. At the Staples Center. At the Staples Center. Where people were, like, rushing to the Staples Center to hold the jewel and mourn together. Yeah, and Alicia Keys, which we'll get into in a second, was hosting. And she opened, and she really had, like, a mammoth job to do that night in hosting because there was so much sadness. Like, everyone, like, when the ceremony opened, it was silent. Yeah, and it was really like heavy. It was that—that that was the house that Kobe built. And she said that yeah. she said, "We're standing here in the house that Kobe built. We're at the Staples Center." And everyone like clapped, but like really politely. Yeah. And then she came out and she sang with Boys to Men, and like kind of then like kind of had to shift the conversation into like positivity and love and let's honor, let's honor my brother, my sister. We talked about this last year. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia Keys is problematic. <laughs> that said. She did a beautiful job hosting in the midst of a really tragic environment. Yeah. You know, like she might have been the exact right host for that (laughs) kind of day. Yes. You know, because she's so hippie crunchy. Yeah. (laughs) My brother, my My sister. My brother, my sister, we are all one. I love you. (laughs) That's love. This is love. Like, oh, God. Everybody say love. No, she's not even that cute. It wasn't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, my heavens. Heavens, heavens. Oh, I have another thing to add to our list. Uh, um, AJ and the Queen. Oh. We got to talk about that in a sec. In a sec. Hold. Grammys I'm, right now. I've been now. meaning to add that to our list like all month long. Okay. And I didn't. And I kept it. Okay. So the Grammys had some killer performances. Um, Lizzo opened the whole night. Mm-hmm. Demi Lovato came back and sang the song that she wrote, like, the day before she OD'd or something. Something to that effect. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And that was a song called Anyone. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. And and it was, I, 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 yeah. It's, like, hard to watch, but also beautiful. Yeah. Um, Really, really lovely. Um, Billie Eilish performed. She was really great. Um, your boy Old Town Road performed uh, Lil- with every gay musician there ever was. <laughs> Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X performed with all of BTS, and but they're not. Well, we don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if they're not gay, they certainly cater. <laughs> they do to, well, to that demographic. Yes, a very specific demographic, but the demographic they certainly left. cater to a boy band. Yeah. Low-key, maybe high-key homosexual <laughs> population. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, truth. Um, okay. The other thing was I was kind of expecting Lizzo to be the big winner of the night, and I mm. think a lot of people were expecting that. Yeah. So I was expecting her to see her on the, sh- on the stage, like, time after time after time after time. She was nominated for all the big categories. Um, and in almost every category – Billie Eilish took it. Yeah. Which was crazy. Very crazy. So, it was a stacked year. I mean. It, it was. Lizzo had her moment. She had a, an award and she had one moment on the stage early in the night. She had won some Grammys prior to the ceremony starting. Uh-huh. So she walked away with, I think, three or four Grammys. I believe night. so, yeah. Yeah. But Billie Eilish swept all the major categories and she's the youngest person to ever do that. Well, yeah. And I mean, just if you think about the the story of the production of that album 
Yeah. Um, and like working with her brother and mm-hmm. how they like created that album for nothing on like, mm-hmm. like, it, it, like like in their bedroom, in their yeah. bedroom, like mm-hmm. just, and also how young she is and the voice that's on her. She was also such a zeitgeist, like very early on and burned, like burned very brightly mm-hmm. and is still not yet extinguished. So uh-huh. like, and that's, and that's, again, like, that's what happens. It's like Lizzo has her moment towards the end of the decade, end of the year. But Billie Eilish really captured imaginations prior to that, mm-hmm. the six months prior, the first half of the year. So it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's like if they could, <laughs> if they could give Grammys uh, based on, like, just strictly – uh, streams and popularity, it would be a much tighter race and there would probably be yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. I can't get past Billie Eilish's hair. I... Well, that's all I intentional. Like I her can't whole, get past her I, hair. I know. There's a, there's a great meme of her talking and to Ariana, Ariana Grande. Grande. <laughs> yes. There's been some confusion over rooming here at Shiz. <laughs> And it was like this perfect meme of like Glinda and Elphaba talking to each other it was beautiful, um, but but the, the, that yeah. her what look is, is her green hair about well I the can't. look is all in I, I think I read somewhere that the, all of that is really intentional because it's like a way for her to not have her body sexualized. Uh-huh. Like it's a which way I for yeah, you know, which like, which I appreciate because she's also a, you know she's she's a child she's a child yeah and and it's a way for her to kind of um, to have the music speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's a great but the green you know I like, I know it's very the green it's very strong. She it reminds it looks her. like you can't do that on television. Do you remember that show yes, on Nickelodeon <laughs> where she said I don't know and she got slimed and there it is. Her and her video for like bad guys specifically like reminds me of like an Andrew WK video. <laughs> Shout out to anybody who knows that who oh, understands God. that reference. I, the whole time I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking Andrew WK. <laughs> I feel like we need to post a reference to that. Yes, on we our we do. We need a side by side of her and Andrew WK. <laughs> we do. Oh my god. You're welcome. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank you for that. But um, I want to talk about the fashion on the red carpet because get into it. The gay rodeo was in get town. into it, queen. Get into it. First of all, Tell Mother Porter. <laughs> Listen, Mother Porter. I mean, we've established she does no wrong. Gay Twitter was having fun with those like motorized like. She had a motorized hat. <laughs> she had a, a motorized fringe, fringe she hat. She had like a Swarovski crystal like <laughs> fringe that opened and closed via remote control. Like also matching like lip lip lipstick like that ice uh-huh. blue turquoise. Um, and then of course the my favorite picture of the night was Lil Nas X decked out head to toe in his pink like harness number looking like you know looking just you know gay af Mm -hmm. but standing next to rising star oville peck who is um this new like uh he his year was last year 2019 he was a uh he's a queer gay um country artist yep (laughs) but we need we need to have sorry (laughs) why did you just show me a google search like all of the images for andrew wk but you need to do a side-by-side of both of them when they have their bloody noses because that's specifically what (laughs) all right i'll get into it i need i need billy eilish to do like uh i will do it i will do it a cover of some andrew wk um 
There we go. That's it. That's what almost I want. Almost a thing. All right. We're almost there. Got it. So, yeah. And so Orville Peck, like, you know, who is his whole aesthetic is this very, like, outlaw glam uh, glam country. But he wears, like, a mask with fringe over his mouth. And so you never really see his whole face. That's his whole thing is the mask. So seeing him there with Diplo, there with uh, Lil Nas X and Billy Porter all coming into this, like looking like yeah, the fucking gay weird. fucking rodeo. It was real fucking weird. It was amazing. And Orville Peck is coming to San Diego in April. And I am this close to buying tickets because um, the album is pretty great. Uh, if you like very, like queer moody country. I mean, also the gay rodeo was in town when um, Lil Nas X was like doing like slow body rolls with all of BTS in their <laughs> performance. So it was like Lil Nas X in his hot pink rodeo cowboy getup with like leather harness, like, and then like all of gay boy band behind him doing like the dutty wine, like doing like slow body rolls. <laughs> down Old Town Road, and I was like, I mean, if that is not the gayest shit I've ever seen, I mean, I was here for it. But I mean, yes, we're here for shit. it. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> will Alicia be back the third year? For oh, God. God willing. <laughs> I mean, oh, heaven. We should have Alicia host, like, something else. We should have her, like, you know, let's have her host <laughs> something else. The Billboard Awards. It's just so interesting to me that, like, she's given that spot. I don't know. It's going to be Kelly Clarkson next year, I think. I mean, I wish Kelly Clarkson would host everything. <laughs> I want her to host my true. life. My very morning, true. Very true. My morning makeup routine. Please host that. She's awesome. Can um, you imagine? Oh, my God. She'd just be the best. Um, I also want to, like discuss real quick at the Grammys John Legend suit. Okay. Did you see photos of it? I did not see photos of it. I am reading I am uh reading uh the second cookbook by Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> Pull up a picture of John Legend's Grammy suit. <laughs> I, I want to discuss this real quick because this has been controversial. I am fucking for that suit. When I saw it, I said, "Oh, that's cute." But people were mad about it. People were not having his suit. It was like, oh, that's cute. I think I thought it was like a really different kind of tux, and I thought it was yeah, dope. like it was like that kind of like like gold, like rosy gold color. Was it yeah. gold? Um, the hold on. I'm looking. I must be looking at something different because I'm looking at that. Is that that's not it? Yes, with the long tail on one side. Yeah, it was like kind of metallic-y, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had a little shimmer to it, and it had like one lapel. Like, one side of the suit was, like, longer and almost felt like a waistcoat, like, yeah. almost, like, with a... Like this overcoat type, like Like a, an overcoat, yeah. almost like a tux that had tails, except that, like, it wrapped around in, like, almost like a full length. Yeah, that's great. I thought it was great. just really different and, and unique, and people were, like, not having it. Yeah. And some people tried to at Chrissy Teigen on, t- on Twitter about it. Fuck. <laughs> and, like, she came for some bitches. She oh, was, I'm sure. Like, what did she, somebody was like, my boyfriend said to tweet at Chrissy Teigen and ask her why she let John leave the house like that. And she said, tell your boyfriend to zip up his track pants. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, 
don't care. On, in the cookbook, she's like, you know, sometimes when I'm at a Chrissy Teigen's husband's show. <laughs> she's the best. She is the best. But I, I like it. Um, what, you know, again, I am not here to shame anybody's bodies or their choices with their fashion. Mm-hmm. However, like, can we talk about Priyanka Chopra's capital V-neck <laughs> With Nick Jonas, Nick Jonas's wife, with all of her, all of her goodness. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of, like, deep Vs. Yeah. That were exposed at the Grammys this year. A lot of, like, complete deep Vs exposed to the belly button or, like, just above it. And, like, did we just stop covering our chests altogether, ladies? (laughs) Like, I am, again, I feel like I said this before on our pre-award show when we were talking about Jennifer Aniston and her Mm -hmm. white dress. Like, I'm all for freeing the nipple. Yeah. But when you are under stage lights and when you are being photographed, like, I don't know. And I think that, like, it just, the deep V felt real trendy yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt like too much of a thing that, ev- I, like, every dress. Everyone was doing it. Had it. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Kudos to Priyank- Priyanka Chopra for, like, all her goodies. I love it. Yeah. But, like, the deep V, dude. Enough. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I need to bring us back to... I saw it on a plane <laughs> because I saw AJ and the Queen. On the plane. On a plane. Okay. So this month in January, which is why I literally took my Christmas tree down this week. <laughs> Not even kidding. Like it's we're now at the beginning of February, but I just took my Christmas tree down. Um because I flew back and forth to New York two times uh-huh. this month. And I went back for my cousin's wedding. And when I did, I just like downloaded the full season of AJ and the Queen because somebody had told me to watch it. And she was like, it's cute. And I was like, "Uh, okay. And then I watched it. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. What? (laughs) I just assumed that you saw it. Mm -mm, No. Again, it's like, the thing is, is that I've been, I've had such busy days where it's like when I come home, I'm going to give you a teacher, Wendy, I'm giving you an excuse. (laughs) Give me an excuse. I don't buy it. Here's the thing. When I come home, I just want to like unplug my mind. So the last thing I want to do is watch something. Like a horror show? Like a horror movie? Well, no, that's (laughs) That's work. That's work. That is work. Um, I've lumped that That into work. That was a read, friends. That was a read. That was a hard. That was, that was a, a read. I told you I'm spicy tonight. Ooh, ooh we didn't get you. All <laughs> right. Ooh, okay. I'm gassed up. Here we go. So I, the thing get is it. that I just like, I just don't want to watch anything that it. maybe I've seen before. I mean, I don't need to tell you about this. No, I know. And AJ and the Queen is much of what we've seen before. <laughs> <laughs> it is much of what we have seen. Before. If you want to watch a show that you don't have to think, you turn and your mind exactly on. That's <laughs> exactly it. That was exactly it. I yeah. I wanted to watch something that I didn't have to think about, that didn't affect me greatly or at all, really. Mm-hmm. That I could kind of have like background noise and be like, oh, that's cute, that's funny, whatever. Here's the thing about Mother Room. <laughs> yes. I do not believe in her dramatic talents. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Okay. She's a comedy queen. Yes. And she's a look queen. She's a look queen. Um, I feel like the series did her no favors. 
in in the look queen piece of it either. Like there's a real tacky romance through line in it. And it's somewhat so much of it is just like campy crime predictable. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, like you see like real extreme close-ups of her and her makeup. And like Rue is no spring chicken anymore, mm-hmm. you know? So you see that she's aging and um which is great. Yeah. But she is not a dramatic queen. And much of it is a story of like this young child who like stows away on her tour bus and you know, and then they they wind up like really like taking care of each other as they <laughs> tour the country. And this small child is now in like drag dressing rooms and stuff. And so it's you know But what I've been told is that we see Rue perform in a way that, like, a club Rue that no one ever sees. Yes. Like, we see that. We see maybe the hint of a body double with, like, some acrobatic stuff. Uh-huh. And we see also a ton of Rue girls there. Tons. So. Tons. Like, in every city that she goes to across the country, yeah. like, there's, like, a new season of Queens, you know, that we've we've known and love. Yeah. And so, tons of familiar faces, Tons of Easter eggs, you know, like tons of like little like wink wink, you know, like it's it's cute and it's fluff and it's there. And so what you're saying is that I could fall asleep to RuPaul and this child. Okay, that's what I did when I was at my parents house. I was like, (laughs) I want something I don't have to think about while I sleep on my parents couch. And there you go. And there it was. I started watching it. And then I was like, all right, this is what I'll put on the plane. And that's what I did. There we go. So, what else did you see on uh, a plane? I watched a whole season of that. that oh, event. Jesus. Okay. I saw it on a plane. That was for you. Thank there you. It is. Um, ladies, gentlemen, and undecided, that is our January. Wow. I know. Wow. What a quick episode I told for you. you. It was concise. Wow. It was there. Should we talk about what's coming up, though? <laughs> <laughs> If you don't, if you don't know what that's from, we are not going to tell you. Not even going there. We're not. We can't not go there because it's not, not February. <laughs> can't it's not go there. February yet, and Joe won't let me talk about the damn Super Bowl. So there, <laughs> I won't let Joe talk about the Super Bowl. We have a lot coming up in February, though. We have the Oscars coming up in February. We are hoping to not be supremely disappointed. But we will see. I mean, there's no glaring green book. There's no green year, book, but it. But it's real white. But it's here. real white, real cis male. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Thank you to all these men. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, listen to the episode. All, all the male directors. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of it. We covered a lot of this in our Oscars and award show pre pre Oscars award show episode. Yes. Which came out last week. So. Obviously, we're going to be watching the Oscars this weekend, and we will break down all those goodies for you uh, later on this month. And good heavens. Is that it? No, there's more. I know there's more. There's so much more. Yeah. I'm going to go see – I'm seeing uh, Norm Lewis uh, at the symphony sing the love songs of Broadway on Valentine's Day. Oh, if that isn't – it is good. <laughs> it is gay. Capital G E Y. Yeah. Yes. 
That's cool. Yeah. Um, I have, what do I have coming up in February? Just a ton of rehearsals. Yeah, good. Just a lot of rehearsals and a school play. Ooh, Throwing it all in there. Oh, yes. It's real sexy for you. Yes. 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 Um, that is it, friends. We are thrilled that you're here with us, as always, our sevens. We would like to encourage you to like and subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify and whatever your listening platform yes. is. Google Play. We'd also encourage you to leave a review. Do you like the things that we say? Do you find us charming? Do you find the fact that Josephine has not watched Trill yet frustrating? Let us know. Do you find the fact that <laughs> Wendy has seen almost all the Star Wars movies and remembers nothing about them? None of them. <laughs> not a <stitch>. Frustrating. <laughs> not a scotch. Not even a moment. Well, a few moments. A few moments. A few, but I couldn't tell you the three line of that story <laughs> for the life of me. If my life depended on it. <laughs> anyway, if you have things to say about our podcast, we want to hear it. So, um, you know, like us on Instagram and talk to us on Instagram and, uh, like, leave us reviews and shit on iTunes and all that stuff. There we go. There it is. Um, we enjoy you, friends. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Enjoy your time of the month. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hi, we're back. Here's your bonus content. Here's your bonus content because we are the assholes who forgot to talk about Megxit. Yes. We Tell us about Megxit. We forgot to talk about Megan and Harry exiting out of the royal family, which is fucking huge. I mean, yeah, it's pretty, considering that that was a huge part of our, like, first year doing this show, yeah. like, that was pretty huge. So this is why you're getting a, like, addendum recorded on my phone. Yes, which we forgot to mention because I just skipped over it on our list. And then <laughs> when I'm looking back at it, I was like, fuck, we forgot to talk about that. So here we are talking about it. So basically, um, Megan has been treated like shit for the last year or two, whatever. Side-by-side -side comparisons between her and Princess Kate have been, like, just blatantly racist. Like, just really, really racially biased. Um, and Prince Harry has been really protective of his family, having seen what his mother had gone through. And, um, and then the two of them decided to step down and step away from their royal titles. Yeah, great. They are stepping down as members of, uh, senior members of the royal family. Uh, and they're basically going to go live in the, they're going to go live in Canada. Uh, and apparently make their own money. And make their own money. And that's the other thing. They're not going to be supported by uh, the crown anymore. So, you know, by extension, the British government, the British people. Uh, and apparently they've reimbursed the monarchy for the $3 million it took to renovate their house in, in London or in, in Great Britain. So, yeah. We'll see what happens with the wedding. We'll see what happens there. Which wedding? Which with wedding? well, aren't they gonna? Don't they re have to reimburse them for the wedding, or is there a budget for royal weddings? I don't oh, know. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I, I guess because it's a, a point of national pride, so probably not. Yeah, but. I don't think so. But basically, what it means though is that they were like he removes himself for contention in the royal line. Is that is that correct? Yeah, but he's already like so far down there because yeah. Charles is never going to die, and William, and then George, yeah. and then any other more issue that yeah. he has. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, they were just, like, um, prioritizing their own health and stepping back from royal commitments. But it's funny, though, because when you hear their statements on, like, what this actually means, it 
doesn't really fucking change much. It just means that like they're not really under the rule of the royal family anymore and needing approval for absolutely everything. But a lot of people have been saying that like this has been such a great example for young women, for anybody really who's feeling stuck in a situation that feels harmful or abusive to say, I don't need to stay here and I can step up out of that. And the fact that like Meghan Markle can come in and do that at the highest level, you know, to be like, I married a fucking prince and I get to walk away from that, like with him is pretty baller. Yeah. And it also, I mean, it, if anyone ever questioned the fact that she was like really in love with him or the legitimacy of the relationship, I think this pretty much solidifies it. Um, and just if you, so if you think about the cultural comparison, right to the crown, which like, you know, we see all of the shit that Elizabeth has been put through herself, that her family has been put through for the, you know, because the crown must prevail, the Mm -hmm. crown, the crown takes precedent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't surprise me at all that the queen in her, you know, old, age and infinite wisdom like initially not so thrilled but Uh like it's just like yeah go do it yeah because again like she's seen how this has you know affected her family very in very dire ways yeah 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 it's just kind of fascinating but also i mean like the underlying threat of racism in the monarchy is is really and not even in the monarchy because i feel like maybe the monarchy has been kind of like tempered well yeah because they're not they're not allowed to have those political opinions anyway but the british press and the worldwide press has been fucking brutal um so seeing seeing that like the racial disparity there is really really disheartening and so the fact that they were like fuck this noise bye well yeah and if you think about it too like as Archie grows up and, you know, they start to see some pigment coming to him, you can only imagine how that's going to get played in the British press. And, like, you know, not for nothing, but, like, historically, Britain, a.k.a. the the colonizer, has, like, there's a lot of history of racism there and, and anti-blackness in the culture. And, you know, there are people working against that, but it's just... You see these, it's hard to ignore the headlines that the exact same thing that Megan has done, uh, that, that Kate did, that Megan is doing, that like just are completely being blown out of proportion. Completely, completely. Do you believe the hype that like Megan and Kate like had rifts and that that caused rifts with the brothers? I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Mm-hmm. I feel like. I feel like it's one of those situations, though, where, like, if you think about it, I always think about the royal family as if, how's it going to play out on the crown? Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, I think that maybe, like, Kate was very ready, also as, like, you know, natural-born British citizen, ready to embrace her role and understand the importance of the monarchy. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, and still married for love, you know, I believe that, I believe that they, um, that is a love match, but with Harry and Meghan, uh, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like you, they would dare, the next generation would dare to try to have it all. Mm. Like, you know, it's not an, like you married a prince, but now you also want to try to actually have your, be happy and have your marriage. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's one of those things where it's like, you know, how dare you try to have it all? I've settled for enough and look at how I'm, yeah. like... 
it, I, I kind of think about it in the same way that like like millennials always get like they get this uh, reputation of being like entitled because they want to have like time off and they want to t- have self care when like their parents just like grind 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 at the grindstone and mm-hmm. and we're like how dare you but at the same time like you do want better for them and plus he's the spare he's the spare let him do what he wants let him <laughs> let him let him do the let him do the uh be the philanthropist that you know he saw his mother be that she the work that she never got We've to finish already established that harry was the bastard child that diana had with her like tennis instructor so i mean uh, i mean there have been rumors <laughs> but that this is said. not true I mean, but it could be a rumor you just called him the i spare. did call him the spare but <laughs> exactly. i did not question his parentage i do i mean if you see pictures Come on. I love you called him the spare and I called him the bastard. But regardless, we are here for some royal shit. So, like, I think William released a statement saying that he was saddened, that he can't put his arm around his brother anymore or things like that. And that felt kind of like, oh, oh, there is something there between the brothers that is real and being talked about now that has nothing to do with the wives or maybe does. Who knows? But I think Harry is like good on you dude for manning up and getting your wife out of that really really toxic situation because yeah no one needs to stay in any kind of toxic good on you for being like for for basically you know putting your family first Absolutely. and again that's like that seems to be the theme of what is it for every gener every generation <laughs> in in season three of the crown it's like philip says he's uh he's, he, say? he says uh i was like i was with that old dog tommy lassels and he was telling me this theory <laughs> i do know it i do know it by heart I do because I was that old, you know, dog Tommy Lassels, and he was talking about how the the he's figured out the Windsors, you know. In every generation, there's it's every other, so you know, for every for every uh, Dickie you get, or you know, for every um, Edward the whatever you get, Henry George the whatever. For every Lilibet, there's a Margaret. For every William, there's a Harry. So it's like it's every other generation like that greatness is thrust upon like the wrong sibling (laughs) i am so embarrassed for you right now (laughs) (laughs) but it looks true it does it reads it reads yeah uncle albert and then like yeah like it's just like it totally tracks i get it yes yeah (laughs) for every charles there's an anne and you know like just there we go. <laughs> For every, uh, who's the, um... Andrew, it's the pedophile. Andrew, yeah, the pedophile. And who's, William's father is Charles, right? Charles, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get, for every Charles and Anne, and you get Edward and Andrew. Oh, yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Megxit by Art Time of the Month. Yes, yeah, your special <laughs> bonus feature. So, kudos to you. And bye-bye. Bye.